Hello and welcome to Swing Meeting. This is our new podcast that we've decided to do. It's uh, Damon Andrews and my co-host, Darren Andrews. And we're going to be talking about um, a bunch of different stuff. Um, yeah, we'll just get straight into it. So the first section we've got is bring it to the table. So what we thought we'd do here is we've got a bunch of games that we have are really excited about, or that there are classics that we used to love, or just games that are pretty much out there and different. Well, games that are coming out as well. Any game that's on our radar for a particular reason. Yeah. You can start. Bring it to the table. You pick one. The game I wanted to bring to the table here, I've got a few that I wanted to talk about, but I reckon the one that I picked was um, one that's like a classic for me. Um, I remember, and I think it's a forgotten one. I forgot about it until I heard about it recently. And I remembered how great it was. And that is um, a game called Space Station Silicon Valley. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so Nintendo this, 64. This is an N64 title. Um, awesome exploration. What it is, is you're like a little microchip and you jump into different animals and the animals have different abilities. So there's like a sheep that floats. There's like a dog that's got wheels and boosts around. There's a mouse that's really fast and it has a boost. Um, you think the other ones... Do you every, remember any of them? Yeah, every animal has like a weird twist, doesn't it? it has yeah. Like a, like a, the seal has like a rocket launcher or something, is that right? Yeah. Or like rockets or a Gatling gun. But it's what's cool about it is like every animal plays very differently. Like it completely changes the way you play the game. They move fast, slow, they're weak, strong. Yeah. Some of them seem OP, but when you're playing as them, they're, they're self-balanced. Yeah. And the levels are like puzzles. You have to get through different parts and through different sections. Um, it's yeah, it's just a very different game. I've not seen anything that's in that vein since, really. And the whole thing is very strange, sense of humour to it. It seems quite British. I don't know if it's, it, it is. is. I don't know. That's it's a good a point. British game, but it's it... British sense of humour to it, isn't it? I'm sure it had some kind of rock star link to it. For some reason. Yeah, no, it is. The guys who did it went on to do Rockstar East or something. Really? Yeah. Okay. Some of the guys. But it does have that weird kind of like ridiculous British humour like unexplained kind of like it weirdly reminds me of Theme Hospital how it has like yeah this weird like hey it's a dog that has a gun on it and wheels for legs because why not like so yeah it's a cool game it's got like exploration that you got to go for the space station it's got lots of bugs in it so it's like you can't actually clock yes. it which is really annoying. It's um, un- unbeatable, isn't it? It is unbeatable in its release. It's it's a broken title, but but still, it's it's just it's just a shame that it wasn't more influential, um, and that there's no other games that sort of fill that vein. Um, this I've seen some stuff online. They've got um, good ROMs of it, and they're nice. They're like crystal clear, and and I it looks like it's very playable still now if you use yeah. a ROM. So I'd suggest that to anyone out there. Space Station Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's a cool game, but man, does it suck at some points. Like, I remember the jumping in it feels horrible. <laughs> and there's like, I, I don't know why, but I got a cemented thing in my head of being a rat and constantly bumping into walls. and go, ding, ding, like trying to get through things. <laughs> I don't know why that, I just... I want to bring to the table Sea of Thieves. Oh, yeah, yeah, out, yeah. Which I, had, I, I watched a really long video of the beta just to check it out. I'm so hyped for that game. Um, just in case you haven't seen it, it's... It's made by Rare, and it's a pirate game, and it's pretty much like the pirate game I've always wanted in terms of, like, it's an online, persistent world, has other players working together, driving ships around, or sailing ships, and it, it, it's got that cool, like, what really hyped me up for it, it's got that Rare twist to it, so it's got, like, the the visuals look stunning, like, the water and the graphics are awesome, but there's things like how you operate sails is really, like, really well done, so you can, on a big ship, it has multiple masts, and each mast has control, so you have a thing that can lower the sails, right. and you have a thing that rotates the sails, and you have to rotate the sails into the wind, and the wind's constantly changing, and if you want to slow down, you've got to raise the sails. So each player is like managing sales that way with these two controls, which is kind of cool. There's a map room that you have to physically go to and look at the map. Like you can't just bring up a map interface, which is I think that's cool. That's good. I like that. Um, and like to repair the ship when it gets shot, you've got to go down. You have to grab wood. You have to pin it on the wall. You have to bilge out the water. Sounds a bit um, better than Puzzle Pirates, though. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is basically Puzzle Pirates, how it breaks everything down into like sections and every person has their space on the ship. Right, so the, like, there's cool things like on the big ship, I don't know, every ship's different, like there's different ways to play, 
like on the solo ship, you can look at the map by looking down like there's a wall behind you and you can kind of look down while you're sailing, which is kind of a cool way to do it. <laughs> um, but on the big ship, you have to go down to the cabin and actually find the map to like navigate. But you couldn't operate a big ship physically on your own, which is a cool way to do it, like forces yeah. you. Um, but what really stuck out to me was just how, you know, like I was watching these people play and they're just, you go get chests and you put them in your, your boat and then you sail off and you go and hand it in. But because there's other players, there's things like they went onto this island and they grabbed their, dug up their chest, they did the riddle or whatever. And then just on the, they went over the other side of the island and there was two ships they didn't even know were there fighting. Like they could hear shots, they're like, what's that? And then they went over and there's just these two player ships fighting <laughs> and they sail around and get involved in it and it's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the game I picked. I, I'm really excited for that game. Um, but I think there's been a lot of complaints that the beta was really stripped down. And didn't have a lot of content, um, but there's more gonna there's gonna yeah, be more the full release. Yeah, but there's there's no like there's no hints to more content in terms of like there's no upgrades for cannons and stuff like that. It's all like oh you get cosmetic stuff and people are like I don't know if that's gonna be enough. Yeah, well I, I think it depends on how solid the gameplay is, doesn't it? I suppose. Yeah, if it's, they've got it's nice solid awesome gameplay, then right. I wouldn't be too worried about the cosmetic stuff as upgrades. Because if you've got a core gameplay mechanic that works well. I think it's I think it's acceptable to have you know like you don't need to, you know if if you got like a really nice intuitive puzzle that's say using a cannon or a puzzle you know it's an activity yeah. or a thing and it feels right and it and you can get good at it you wouldn't want to mess with that too much by adding oh no here's a grape shot cannon here's what this does if you've already got like a mechanic that rewards players for investing time and getting good at it becoming valuable to other players then you don't want to sort of you don't want to mess with it too much, then. We'll we'll have to see. Have yeah. to keep an eye on that one, I suppose. It's just the the potential of it is like mega exciting for me because it's like it's like they've made the game that I've always wanted. All they need to do now is to make the content in it. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So there's like things like there's big vast oceans that look cool. There's storms that just procedurally happen randomly, and it's like really hard to sail through. Um, there's like sunken wrecks that you can swim down to. There's sharks. There's, uh, there's does it have does it have progression? That's that's or the is thing. it more like, like I think it's I think it's better if it doesn't have progression. Yeah. Based on what you're saying, because like, for example, I would play it if I if I knew there wasn't progression because I wouldn't feel like I need to keep up with people. Like I just need to learn how to do things, and that would only take me a I couple of days rather than how I have to be level ninety or whatever. I think it's how they do the progression. Yeah. Like I think progression's good, and I don't mind if someone has something better than me. It's just yeah. If it feels broken and it feels like something you have to get, and it's like, eh. well, it, it becomes intimidating for players, is what I mean. Is you know, the commu- I'll kill the community pretty quick. Like if there's a bunch of stuff that makes players really late and really overpowered, mm. and you're a new player and you need to like, you need to grind at it for like weeks to get this loot. Mm. It might be very hard to grind at it when no one wants to play with you because you haven't got good gear. Yeah, so true. that could be very a turn off. Yeah. You know, you don't want it to be too, you don't want too much progression. I think that's where other things have failed. I think. Yeah. Um, and WoW only works it had like a mass of people started to play it at the same sort of time yeah, yeah. but we're digressing I think so that's that's the bring it to the table section this week so the next section is currently playing so yeah do you want to start us off you can start okay so I'm kind of in between games at the moment um, normally when I play a game I only play that one game and play it religiously but right now, I'm kind of bouncing between games. I tried playing The Witcher 2. Couldn't really get into it. Um, I don't think it's the fault of The Witcher 2. I think it's a good game, but I, I think it's probably one of them games you need to be in the mood for. Um, it seems cool. It just it's, hasn't hooked me yet. I don't something know. about The Witcher. It's like got everything I love about games in yeah. it, but I just can't get into it. It's the same as me, then. There's something about, like... <clears throat> the combat feels really weird. Yeah. Like... I played the first Witcher, and it was like everyone hated that one. Not everyone, but people didn't like it because of the combat. They said it was too hard. Yeah. And it was like very timing based and kind of tricky. And they kept, I feel like they kept that a little bit with Witcher 2. Yeah. And it feels really hard. It's kind of satisfying. I don't think it does. I think that's kind of the problem. I don't know what else. It's the also... combat's not right. I think that's that's part of it. For me, though, it's not a. The fights don't feel very satisfying to win somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It's odd. I can't put my finger on it. On paper, though, I absolutely should love this game. I should be well, you know. I should be smitten with this game now. I should be like going all over its multi-linear quests and yeah. doing different things. 
somehow though it just hasn't really impressed me. Yeah. And then there's a few bits that sort of pull me out of the game experience, minor little quirks when you're going along, jumps in the story and things like that. Like, I, the, like for example, the dialogue option I had in the dungeon at the beginning of Witcher 2, um, you know, you go back, I think it's really cool you go back and look at the memories to build up. Yeah. The, that's a really clever idea. And then it, there's a bit of choice thrown in there and it makes you feel like you don't know if it's inconsequential choice or if it's important choice. So that's also really clever. But then I feel like after I did all that, I went to the ship and talked to the guy and it just seemed to be, he was just like, oh, the plan was to escape. And it just seemed like, I felt like whatever I did, he would have had the same response. And it's kind of a moment of realisation that actually all of that meant nothing. And it was like a catch-all kind of phrase. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but it felt like that. I mean, to be fair <clears> with you, the only reason... I, I did complete The Witcher 2, and the only reason I did was because the story was I thought was actually really good. Yeah. And the, the, the like branching story and different paths people take. Because like, yeah. I played it with a bunch of friends all at the same time when it came out. And that was an awesome experience because we were all like studying at the same time. We used yeah. to come to class and all say like, "Oh, this is what we've done. Oh, this is what I've done." And like the guys like, "Oh, I randomly got a tattoo." It's like, "What the hell? Yeah. How do you get a tattoo?" It's like, "Yeah, now I've got to play the rest of the game with tattoo on my neck." I was like, "I missed that option. Like, what the <laughs> hell?" Like, he's like, "We got yeah. drunk and yeah." Um, it, 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 I mean, it's weird because I yeah, it, it should cool. on paper it should really. But to be happy, but it just doesn't feel right when I'm playing it. It's missing something. I don't know. Yeah, I, when I got to the end of that game, I was I was so bleh about the combat that I think I, I did like there's like the rune that you put on yourself that yeah. reflects damage or like like stops mitigates damage or something, and I just I just spammed that and just yeah, it was yeah. it was like the last boss was just like ugh, like I just couldn't be bothered. I think yeah, I don't know. I don't overanalyze my short bit of play, but maybe. Maybe like the bit from the ship to Flotsam, so I went to Flotsam. Yeah. Um, the bit between the ship and going to Flotsam, where the elves attack you. Oh yeah, yeah. It just seemed, for example, that if we take that as an example, it just seemed like crap combat spammed lots to fill in the gap. Yeah. Whereas what would have been better is maybe one or two really nicely crafted encounters where your combat was like really hard to get past them. That would be more interesting. That would be more satisfying. Yeah. You would feel like when you got to Flotsam, you'd feel like you're a really skilled fighter rather than you just hack through a bunch of elves and they're like faceless elves and you're just more concerned about picking up the shit they dropped. Yeah. I've also gone back to Spore and played a bit of Spore. Spore. <laughs> Thought I'd give that another chance. I don't know. I just had a random you urge. Another chance? Not really, no. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I'm trying to analyse analyze what's broken. You get past the tribal stage? And no, stage. no. It gets, it, me, and, me and Doran have this theory about Spore that we think it sort of progressively gets less enjoyable as you go through it. Yeah. So the beginning, the cell stage is really cool. And it's then, the best stage where you're and evolving then the, a little molecule. The creature stage is kind of interesting because you're evolving it. But then it starts to all start to get a bit... Yeah. I don't know. Not very fun anymore. Um, another game I've been playing is Opius Magnum. Another Zectronics game, the one with the little elements you move around. Um, yeah, the game's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It scratches my Zectronics itch. Yeah, it's so it's cool. It's, um, and like, I love how they put the story into it. it yeah. actually, like, and it's a character that weirdly care about, like this really arrogant yeah, guy yeah. that's just finished school and like going to get a job. Like, the, the story's a bit stronger than in other Zectronic games, but I think Space Chem is a good story, but it's buried behind too much text. Yeah. Um, and that's a bit true with this as well. I fell really. off on the story. I did. Yeah. To be honest I think if you had one of his games, which had like a really powerful story, you've got a you know a really really strong game there, a really really um, powerful game experience there. But yeah. all those games, the story's been a bit limp, um, but completely made up for by the really solid puzzle mechanics that he's become famous for. Um, or Zectronics have become famous for it's just really um, intuitive puzzle solving um, giving you the rules and letting you play with them trying to get things down a bit faster and a bit yeah. more efficient this this game is I think the first Zectronic game where I'm like I'll go ba- I'll go back to the same puzzle and yeah. just keep trying to get it as like yeah. just try and beat those bar graphs and try and make it as optimal as possible yeah. in some field it is a bit like a balancing actor, like you can really feel like, oh, I, you can't possibly save yeah. cost while having a small thing. And no. you have to go for one of the one of the. Yeah, like, everyone I've made. But there is one I've had that I've, I've had two 
below average. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's, that's really satisfying. Later on, so it's, it's almost impossible to maximise all three, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's funny because it's like it's, you, you play it and then you go, oh, I can solve this problem. This is like an easy problem. But then you can't resist the temptation to go, but can I do it the fastest? Yeah. And then that makes it so much harder for yourself. But you put yourself through it somehow just to get that fastest solution. And can I can I add that this game, it just looks so cool. Like when yeah, the machine looks starts better than working, other games. it's like, what have I made? Like I've made this weird <laughs> like thing. And like, like I don't, know, can, I don't know how can... they portray it in the real world of that game or like, it, like thematically how they fit it in. Yeah. But it's like uh, one of the pictures I saw, it's like, it's like a desk yeah. and the guy had a little thing module on the desk yes. and I was like, oh, so it's like a little, uh, so cool. Yeah. Like I want that in real life, a little gem making thing. It's, yeah, it's really cool. And um, yeah, I was going to say something. It, yeah, it, the game lets you put gifts, make gifts That's on the fly. Cool. Yeah. So when you do a solution, you can just, when you finish the level, he goes, oh, here's your solution. It's like one of the fastest ones that we've seen. And then it goes, do you want to make a GIF? And you just hit a button and it makes a GIF of it. it straight out onto awesome. your desktop. I love and that. it's like easy to show to other people. Yeah, yeah I, I, that is GIF. really cool. And some, some of the machines, like Doran said, is, they look so satisfying. You know, when you've got it all smooth and it all just builds a molecule yeah. just like in a fluid motion. But it's bringing yeah. in like multiple things from different angles and it yeah. goes, chunk, and it's like the together <laughs> and then it gets thrown into the thing. <laughs> It's the result of your like hours work trying to figure it all out in like a few seconds of GIF, and you're like, ah, yeah. It gets complicated, but I feel like it gets almost. It adds things that make it less fun for me, to be honest. Typical Zachtronics game. I've got to the point where it's like I have to rotate a wheel and transmute the wheel thing into a salt thing, and I don't know. It's just like yeah. Like I'm, I'm happy with the base mechanics. I wish they just pushed that further. Yeah, he he always does that. Yeah. Um, the games always become more like the with Space Chem, the reactors and stuff that they give you make the game way more complicated. Like exponentially more solutions become available. Yeah. So that's that's um, and it's, it goes. another cr- criticism of it is that I feel like it there's no. I mean, it's not really the game's fault, but it's more my fault. I feel like there's not no reward. To oh. go further, other than the, the snippet of story, and I yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. If it had the story that was really compelling, yeah, it would really pull you in more. Even like a cutscene or something, yeah, would be like there's cool no to work towards. Actually, I would say that if they had, even the voice acting would lift the story out yeah. more. Oh yeah. So either that or a map or some some other visual cues to the story. I mean, the story is better than Space Cam. But if you actually really read the Space Chem story, it's a pretty cool story. And they could have done so much with that if they had a bit of voice acting or a bit of cinematics or something. Mm, yeah. It would have made it way more compelling. I think that's the only weakness of it, really. It, it becomes just a puzzle-solving game. And then you, as a player, you don't really care so much about the story and you're more interested by, hey, someone's done this challenge on Steam, on the workshop, where you have to build some other chemical or something. Yeah. And that's more interesting than the story, which is not good, you know, because the story yeah. should be... You know, it should be pulling people through it. Otherwise, what's the point of having a story in there, really, to be honest? Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so that's my currently playing rant. Now, uh, Doran, what have you been? Playing? I've been playing Subnautica. Oh, yeah. That game is awesome. At first, I was a little bit meh. But playing it now, it's fully out. It's it's a really cool game. I really think you should check it out if you get a chance. Maybe wait for a sale, because I'm not 100% sure if it's your type of game. Oh, yeah. But um, it's... I almost got it. Yeah, it's, it's on sale, but I almost got it. But. It um, it's really cool. It um, it one of the things I didn't like about it when it was in beta was a lot of the stuff doesn't respawn around you. I think they fixed it in the latest version because that was a big issue of like you know you get all the resources around you and it's gone and you have to move on. But like I want to stay in the same zone, so it's like it makes it a lot better. And like um, seeing bread come crumbs of where the game goes as well. Like it excites me and makes like it, I think, oh it's got story hooks, isn't it? No, yeah, yeah. The story's pretty good in it, and um, from what I've played so far, and like looking ahead, and it's like uh, like going from like being just in the shallow reef and like making you can make little structures underwater and like and like tubes that connect stuff and like make weird like scanning rooms and stuff to find survivors that have like other stuff you can get around there, and it's like. There's always like breadcrumbs to keep you go, going, but like 
you kind of you go past areas like oh what's down there and it's like an abyss or something like whole oh, crap and you know later on that you're gonna have, make something to go down there you know right like, so yeah, it's like yeah. that sense of like i can't wait to get to that stage um and it's cool because you make like a little like scooter thing almost like a handheld like and you go faster and then eventually you make something that's like a vehicle that you actually go in and you can breathe in it and you can go deeper and like you're like in a shell almost and you can survive better of it and like uh yeah that's that's cool I, I like the progression and i'm like slowly unlocking this massive like submarine and i think it's even bigger and stuff and yeah and like just every time i'm like oh this is fun and i kind of fall off it i quickly go have a look at like where people have ended up in it and it's like they have like a massive complex like above the abyss where they park their little thing in a submersible thing it just looks so cool like that game's really cool um the sound design in it is immense it's really good um it's just satisfying like you know that feeling in like Minecraft and you build a base and you kind of you hop out of the base and you're like, okay, we've got this massive area, I'm gonna look around a bit and you go and look around, get some wood and stuff. It has that, but being like swimming for it makes it bigger and like adds verticality to it and it's like oh, it's yeah. really cool. Like it's mm. Well and, like I found a, and I found an island in it. Oh, okay. I thought there were no islands. It's, no, there's an island. Islands, okay. Yeah, it has like alien stuff, and there's like breadcrumbs about alien stuff on there, and you're like, oh, what's this? And it keeps you interested. Um, wow. It's cool. It's cool. It's it's a fun game. Um, I recommend it. Uh, and I've also been playing... Wow. <laughs> but Vanilla Wow. And you criticise me for playing sport. <laughs> hey, Vanilla Wow is awesome. Uh, grind, yeah. grind, grind. It's so good. It's so good. It, like, it does so many things that forces players to play together. And sometimes it's infuriating, but I kind of love it that it makes you like have to work with people. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> And this is the wow, like, before you could summon people at dungeons. So you, oh. everyone physically has to run to the dungeon, unless, <laughs> unless they have a warlock. Wow. Which is a cool thing, because then, like, warlocks become this weird, valuable thing. And, like, wow. It's, it's just... That is old. That's, like, before I was playing. Yeah, this is, That's like, how old that is. This is 1.12.1. Uh, this is, like, one of the first releases of it. Um, 2004. Wow. 2004. Yeah. It's old. Blast from the past. But it's... It's crazy how much better it is than current WoW. I tried to play current WoW again, and it's just awful. Right. Um, but yeah, this is this is awesome. Like playing a warrior, which is arguably the worst class to play in vanilla. It's the hardest one to play. Is painful but amazing at the same time. It's such a weird, weird game. I keep I'm so hooked to it at the moment. I just keep going, logging back on, and mining, and like working blacksmithing up, and then getting all the gems together and making like one piece of armor that's actually a massive upgrade that no one else has and like yeah. I just love that feel. And like oh, yeah, that, that's so like memories. There's bits of that in the when I first started playing WoW, you talk about that and like current WoW. You, 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 like, you get the ore veins where you go around and yeah. you're like it's like a big deal to find some ore <laughs> you log on in the morning and no one's buying them. And you're yeah, like, ding, that's ding, it. ding 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 oh, and you that. you go to auction house, put them on. Yeah. Make so much money. Like that's the economy's there. It's so good. And, like, professions, like, you could almost just play a character just for, for the professions. It's so cool how they work. That, like, being black, again, making, that, like, a spike for a shield, you know, that does damage when an enemy hits you. Or, like, making keys as a blacksmith. Yeah. Or, like, counterweights and sharpening things, your weapons. Like, all this utility doesn't exist in current WoW. It's, it's just armor and potions and, like... I remember when we used to play WoW, was it now, how many years ago? Many, many. I like played around 10. 2006. Yeah, I think you were playing around 2007 or 8. Yeah. Maybe. I played a bit before you, but I stopped before you too. Yeah, that's I? right. So it would have been like, what? It was close to when that 2004. Yeah. Maybe. I think I, I, I started 2006, probably 2005. But, but at, at least at least 12 years ago. Yeah, easily. And when we were talking about WoW then, this conversation seems familiar. We were excited by professions and by the whole auction house, the way that that worked. Yeah. And these things seemed at the time very exciting and new. Um, and it's a shame it didn't take them directions in its development. Like it could have, it could have done something, it could have done something with, you know, the develop Blizzard could have 
pushed it in that direction instead of the direction it's gone now. Yeah. Like they could have focused on okay, how do we how do we enhance the auction house? How do we enhance the um, professions? Like, should we make things that are less bind when picked up that players can make that are actually really good? Should we you know things these choices that they've um, chosen um, are, are towards uh, this expansion thing of okay, next new expansion, let's get everyone back into WoW for a short period of time with this new content, and then people sort of go away from it after that and then they come back there's a new piece of content and then they sort of all go away again rather than just refining the, the core mechanics of the auction house yeah. professions the it's way like we, that you say the players have to work together for yeah. the instances rather than making it easier you know list you know because players probably were complaining about the fact that oh I have to walk all the way to this dungeon so they are oh, let's make it easier let's make an instance that's the biggest problem with current WoW is that they've tried to balance it and make it to a, uh, catering for the player too much. Yes, like, it's like the that mangy... hardship is what brings people together. Like, yeah, the game's brutal in vanilla WoW, and leveling and getting level sixty is massive achievement because it takes so long, yeah. and so much effort. And, like then you have to get geared, and that can cost money. You have to play. You have to give money to other players to get items, or you have to go get a bunch of people together and do a dungeon. Yeah, or like do quests, or like you know, it's like there's so much effort that you have to do to get to the end game content. Uh, it's like it's it's just cool, like, and there's weird things in it where, like, if you want to be like a damage warrior, you end up wearing like leather and cloth and stuff, and like stuff that has all this <laughs> weird, like, like just because it has the most attack damage, and people like theory craft it, and it's like, yeah, as a warrior, you're wearing like rogue gear, right? Like, oh, it's just really cool, and like the talents don't feel like there's a there's a strong meta. It's like, you can kind of do whatever because the talent's so weird. Like, you have talents that are like have, have a chance to heal you when you take damage, which is like, that's cool, but I'm not going to be taking damage when I'm doing PvE. But maybe when I'm doing PvP, this is useful, but I'll take it anyway. Yeah. And it's like, it's really cool. It's it's it's, it's cool to go back and look at it, and I really can't... Because WoW have... I don't know if you know this, but Blizzard are officially releasing classic WoW servers. They finally... Bit the bullet on that. I don't know if you knew about that. <laughs> no, I didn't know they're that. They're actually going to release classic servers. That's like Coke with the and classic Coke controversy. I, yeah, <laughs> but I just can't believe they. Like, I don't know how they're gonna. Because there's so many broken things in Vanilla WoW, like the way escort quests work and stuff like that. Like, it's so. Well, who knows? Who knows? It, maybe they'll. Maybe they'll. You know, maybe they'll just take Vanilla WoW. They'll be light-handed and just polish it a bit. And if put they it did out. that. That would be cool. There's things be I definitely yeah. would like fixed, but I don't want them to like mess with anything too much. It's really yeah, like, but it must be really hard to balance that. But some people will be the other opinion. You know, the probably the things that you want fixed might be. Yeah. You know, other people might like them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But every class is not balanced, which is asymmetric. Like, asymmetry yeah. is fine. Though. Like you have, like, I think asymmetry is fine, particularly it's in great. MMO. It's great because, like you, you mentioned, about the warlock. You yeah. mentioned about the warlock. Yeah. Right? So the fact that the warlock can summon people to the dungeon, right? Even if they're underpowered as a class in classic WoW, they're useful. They're utility useful. wise, exactly. And the more things you do like that, the more that rounds out the balancing. It does. If you try and balance everything, you end up with a bit of a mishmash and indistinct. Who cares what player you are? But if you if you give warriors like an asymmetric ability, instead of nerfing them, instead of going, oh, paladins are too powerful, let's just nerf them. Instead of doing that, you give the other ones an asymmetric ability. You know, something that you just can't compare with a paladin's bubble, say. Yeah. Some other thing that's like completely out there. That's not oh, it's the equivalent to a bubble, but it's like completely different. Oh, oh they can ride mounts that are like this. Huh? It's like we want to draw well, not because they have they can give natural resist, but well, yeah, or something. some like, random. Like, so they come along to a dungeon just because that like it's it it weirdly balances itself out. There's things like the rogue is really good at PvP, yeah, to a broken extent, yeah, but they're like not that great at solo leveling in a way because they're yeah. so weak. Where and then you have mages that are like really good for leveling and they're pretty good at PvP, but then there's like another downside yeah. to them, and it's like it's. It just all and like warriors, fury warrior in the game is apparently the most. I think it's the highest damage at end game of the best content. Yeah, they do like monstrous damage, but getting to that point on a warrior is fucking so hard. Yeah, but it's cool that that's what like you got that to look forward to. It's like yeah. I can get that good. Like I don't know, it's cool. But yeah, classic WoW, uh, very good. I'm excited for the official Blizzard one. I'm playing on a private server at the moment. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's great. And that's what we're currently playing. That's what we're playing. Okay, so the next section is the guts of what um, what this uh, podcast is about, which is we'll be discussing a mechanic or concept. We talk about yeah. a mechanic of a game, basically, and like explore it. We take a mechanic or a concept that's present in games, and we unpick it and see what makes that good in games, get good examples of it, when it can be done well, when it can be done badly, what it is, what it isn't, and just really play around with that concept and see where it can be pushed. Um, this week we're going to be looking at exploration games. So I've been thinking quite long and hard about this one. I think it's quite a tricky one. For exploration, I think I've watched a few other podcasts that talk about exploration in games. Um, and I think one of the mistakes is to lump it together with, say, discovery. You know, any any sort of new thing that happens in a game and saying, oh, that's kind of like exploration, like a new mechanic or something. Oh, that's like a new, that's exploring the different mechanics of a game. I think exploration is a bit more concrete, literal exploration, like a, pl- a planet or a biome or a world or something, universe, and, and literally going through it and discovering that world. Not Not discovery in general, but I think it's like exploration is that. It's, you know, going through... A place and seeing new plants and animals yeah. and stuff and a new biome, um, but it's quite hard to define. Eh? Games, I feel like games haven't done it properly yet. Like I can't really think of a game that's really nailed adventure and exploring. Yeah, a hundred percent. You're right. The biggest problem with it, like this is this is how I think it should work. Exploring for me is when you go out of your familiar zone in the game and then you go massively out of it and you go to a faraway area. The problem with that is in a lot of games like Minecraft, WoW, and other stuff where you want to go and explore and have a look around, when you go too far and something happens, you've lost all that exploration progress and you're back where you were. There's, there's little like things in WoW that I've noticed that I really think is a good sense of exploring in a way. Like finding flight points yeah. is like, like almost putting a flag in the dirt saying, I've come this far, I can come back here, I can go back home, I can do that. Like that is yeah. really... Good. I think that's important to exploring. I think that's just one facet, though. When you talk about Minecraft, you know, going that far and then dying and coming back, right? I can also think of it in terms of that's what's at stake. And that's why it gets more exciting the further away you go from home. Like, I remember playing Minecraft once on a friend's account and then making him go miles away from his place that he'd built a base. And he was, like, really furious at me because I'd gone, like, miles away. <laughs> Um, I couldn't find the way back. Well, I got in a boat, and I kept following the land, and then eventually found it again. But it's that thrill of finding the base again. is losing what you leave behind, or you can die and go back to the beginning. On the other hand, you can never find where you were before, and there are two different ways of doing it. But if you return to that main point about putting a flag in the ground and saying, oh, I can come back here... That's like saying that place has been explored, isn't it? Yeah. So you can't, you can no longer explore there. You've already done that, right? Yeah. You've you've uh, consumed the exploration value of that place. Yeah. Um, it's but kind it's of difficult to define, though, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the best example I think of exploration I could think of, and I've been racking my brains, was a point when I was playing Skyrim, when I went underneath and we went to that subterranean kingdom, hmm. and in that subterranean kingdom. Just seeing this vast cavern with like hundreds of plants that I'd never seen before, whole structures, areas, substructures, enemies, everything looked unfamiliar. Everything looked different. And then there's that moment you realise that holy hell, this is this is vast. This is just some random door in a cave, and then there's just a whole other world down yeah. here. And just that that particular <clears throat> moment in time, I felt like that's really good exploration. I wouldn't say it's exploration; I'd say it's discovery. Right, which is a part of exploration, but I'm thinking about what makes exploration fun. True. Like, I guess it's like it's almost like Lord of the Rings. It's a journey, you know. What makes the journey interesting and fun and cool? Like, not so much the destination. You know what I mean? I just can't think of a game that's done it well. I can't. Let's try and you know? define what you mean a bit more. So. So exploration is... So describe it in Minecraft. What is the exploration feeling in Minecraft? What, at what point do you feel, oh, I'm exploring, this is fun? When do you get that feeling? I think when you 
are going through a cavern or like a cave system yeah and then it opens up into another cave system and then you go through that one and like that and then going into like a big ravine and we're like and then finding a monster spawner and so like that like a a, a series of events that so lead it, to you getting it, something as a reward how is it different from discovery because what you described there is quite similar to, I think, mine, uh, the Skyrim thing. It is thing. similar to your... Yeah, you're right. It is very similar. You, it's just the and way then, And then again... It was like again, the emphasis on the kind of, like, discovering of, like, yeah. oh, this is cool. But, like... But it's... That's... that's. But it's, did you go, I'm going to explore it now? And then, like, oh, like... Yes, fun. yes. Because, like, that zone, I hated in Skyrim. <laughs> I, think, I think you have to go for the, for the main quest. Yeah. I literally ran in, ran out, and I didn't right. go there ever again. Right. Because had those horrible troll things but it's, that it's, I hate. I think on reflection... Like, I did, I was in, like, whoa, this is awesome, like, yeah. underground. But I was like, I'm, I don't want to explore that. Okay, like, fuck that. It's another bit, another bit. When you finish the bloody tutorial bit in Skyrim, and you go out to the world and you just yeah. see everything. Okay, yeah. There, that's the point. At that point in time, it's not discovery, it's like... Exploration is like the wrapped present of discovery, isn't it? Exploration is like unwrapping just come the out, present. I'd yeah, say. it's like you come out and you look at the world and you go, "Holy crap! This place is massive. I can go there. I can go there. What's over there? What's that mountain? What's that tower I see over there?" And all of these things compete for your attention, and that is the thrill of exploration. That is the the thing of going, "I can go anywhere, and everywhere is going to have something to reward me." It is not vastness it is the feeling of vastness you don't have to have a big world for this you just need to feel like it's a big world i mean i was also thinking about diablo because diablo 2 it got a procedurally generated world right now why is that not so fun to explore it kind of is but it's not as fun as other things do you know what i mean you go to like um okay say you're in the jungle and you've got to do the quest where you go to the temple and there's like eight temples and two of them have got the right name so you're going for all this to grinding for the temple. It's all the same, and it's brutal as hell. Like the game is brutal. Like, but but still, you go through them places. You could find an item that's really valuable, couldn't you? So it's yeah. not it's not about what you get given, and the challenges of the brutalness could be fun to, for combat. They make it harder to do, so they make it more rewarding. Why why is it though that in that example when you come out of the tutorial in Skyrim, that is more interesting than? Oh, I'm in a new world in Diablo. I'm in a new. I'm in the desert in Diablo. Again, I'm like, like the event of coming out in Skyrim is awesome, and like going into the world is cool. But I think exploration in it is way more of the little things adding up. So, like walking down that path where you come out, and then there's like bandits. Yeah. And they have the big boulders that roll down the hill, and you try you fight like that. That's exploring. Going. And like finding a cave and going, what's in here? And then wanting to know what's at the end of the cave and then finding a, a part of the dragon mask or whatever it is, that dragon thing. I can't remember, it's been ages yeah. since I played it. But like the part of the dragon mask is like, oh, that's cool. I want to complete that now. And you go and look in every dungeon cave, you're like, where is it? Like, I want to get a shout. Like, yeah. it, it does it does do it well now I look at it. That's, the, that's the best. Exploration is giving people little tiny rewards of exploring. And letting them get to a point where they, like you said, they can get to the discovery and be like, whoa, I've discovered this. Yeah. It should be like, you know, discovering land, like, you know, like discovering America or something. Like, whoa, yeah. like, this is cool. And, like, then exploring it should be part of it, like, the reward of that as well. We're messing around here with exploration and discovery together, aren't we? It's the same thing. I'm just, all I'm trying to say is that I think exploration is more the little things adding up rather than the vastness of the discovery. I think ex exploring is what we're talking about here, not discovering. Yeah. And my thing is, like, what game has done exploring well, and how would you do exploring well? Putting a flag in the sand, I think, is part of that. Go back to Skyrim. I, I still think um, I want to be proven wrong. I want, to find, I want you to give me an example of a game that's better at doing exploration than Skyrim. I think you do bringing it up is a good point and I think it does it almost the best now talking about it because that flag in the ground thing happens there as well you go to a new town yeah, you can teleport bang, it's on your map now you, you can, can go there anytime yeah. you find a cave then it's on your map yeah so that's exploration so in and of itself it's interesting isn't it fast or, travel the problem with that is it's too gamified of like oh you can now fast travel here I'm, what other games do it far cry climbing up a tower moment of right. like my map's now wiped off that area of my map, and now I can see this path leading to what I've just discovered. 
and I can redo this path. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that kind so, of thing. So the act of revealing that portion of the map, that's the exploration. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And so that happens when you climb up the tower and you look around the area. Yeah. I think and that happens in Assassin's Creed when you go to the tower. Yeah. The Ubisoft tower mechanic. Yeah, <laughs> use it in every one of their games. Pretty much. <laughs> so, but that—that's what it is, isn't it? You got and you find things because I've got Far Cry written down here as well as one of the things I wanted to talk about for exploration. Because I think, yeah, I guess it's a new area, and then you see things that you want to check out. Again, it's that's kind of what exploration is about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Minecraft is obvious. That's, yeah. Everyone would think of that when it comes to like, Terraria. Does it well? Oh yeah, yeah, and Starbound, uh, Starbound, same sort of yeah. thing. Um, but I think it's interesting where they fall over. Because I, I, there's no game that gives you exploration sustainably. They can't. That's like, or like the only thing they do is exploration. Like, could you yeah. make a game that's just an exploration? The concept of No Man's Sky should be like that, shouldn't it? That's true. The concept of it, at least. I don't know, the execution is a different story, but no conceptually, it should just be... almost is a really good exploring game. Because the feeling of like wanting to see another randomly generated planet is like so much in that game. I'm like... I just want to see another one. I want to see another one. But, like, you get to the point where you realise they're all exactly the same, just different colours, you know, that sucks. But, like, yeah. if they did it properly, I reckon that would almost be the exploring game. You know? Yeah. Well, so I think that is, that is that is quite close to the heart of it, isn't it? I mean, I haven't played No Man's Sky, so I can't really, I can't qualify myself to criticise it, but from what I've seen and heard... It seems like it creates the, the virtual oatmeal effect, a bit like Diablo. So if you think of Diablo 2, going through a level, if you think about the journey from the rogue encampment to the Dark Tower, say, the first sort of boss place, yeah. if you think about taking that journey and then restarting the game and then taking that journey again, and if you did that, you know, a thousand, two thousand times, how incredibly dull would it become, Right. And yet, every single time, it would be completely different. Yeah. I mean, the the actual direction you go in, the turns where you take, where it is, the enemies, drop. what some of the stuff <laughs> they drop, some of the abilities that the mobs will have, the clusters they're in, they'll all be slightly nuanced and slightly different, right? But that, in and of itself, isn't enough to engage someone to make them feel like they're exploring. It'll get dull after doing it two or three times, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I think that's a bit like No Man's Sky, but instead of that, it's every single planet becomes like that. You yeah. know? It becomes like you, but you learn, you learn the edges of the, you know, you learn what when a dice rolls, it rolls a one or a six. When you know the maximum is six and the minimum is one, any number in the scene doesn't surprise you. Yeah. Oh, it's a three. Wow. You know, it's not a surprise anymore. If you roll that dice and it says twenty. You fall off your chair. You'd be like, "What the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there wasn't enough of that in the Man's Sky. There wasn't like a planet that was well, there probably was, but I didn't see it in like the They're too rare. twenty planets I looked at of like just a water planet or just a planet that's just like a barren nothingness. Every yeah. planet was a red planet with dotted water all around it, crazy plants and annoying sounding fucking animals everywhere. <laughs> Every single one and lag. And a shit ton of lag. <laughs> every single place. That game sucks so bad. God. <laughs> that game is so bad. Ugh. I've been to No Man's Sky. All I've seen is blood and lag. <laughs> Red lag. <laughs> lag. And boringness. <laughs> they could have done so much of it. You know? So if we go back to our like, exploration mechanic. If you're playing a Civ game, Right, and you build a little empire, and then you go across the sea because you've got new technology, and you find a new continent. Is that exploration? Yeah, absolutely. If you, it's, I would say, exploring is going into the unknown. Good exploration should reward that. If if it's you like, it, if you're playing Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and you um, go to an area and there's a rock you can't destroy, yeah, and you do everything around that area, and you go away, and then you come back sometime later, and you've got a hammer that destroys that rock. Is that sort of a dimension of exploration as well? Yeah. Is going back there the exploration? Is that the bit, or is it just... It's the most gated, like, gamified way to do exploration. Right. It's like how I think about the tower system as well. Like, having un uncovering an area and seeing is like... A way to unlock it. It's like it. gamified version. That should be more, like, natural in the game. I, I keep thinking in my head of, like, a like an idea of a survival game that's like, you're in a hut, 
and you can just survive there and it's like you've got everything you need around you but there should be some kind of drive in the player that makes them want to go okay i'm going to look what's it through that forest right i'm going to risk it like like I've got to get out of this situation or something. Like I'm going to go walk out. Like like castaway. Like that should that's, it should be like okay. I'm going to risk it now. I'm going to go into the unknown. I'm going to explore. I'm going to go find my way back or whatever, or find my way into a new land. Yeah, it's taking that risk. I think that you, it doesn't. I mean, you could do it. If I think of that Civ example again, I think that I think there the potential to use that to make the end game more interesting as well. For example, if you consider Europe just before they discovered America, right? All of the European powers must have felt like they're in the end game. You know, they're all like they've got loads of money, they've got like loads of technology, they all get along pretty well. They have wars, but they don't, you know, they don't destroy the nations. They just war, you know, and that's and the way things work. And it's like, yeah, you know, they're all rich and everything's sweet. And then when someone went across the ocean, there's this whole other vast continent. And then suddenly they they're not at the end game anymore. This is like the beginning. Yeah. And then suddenly they're sending ships across there. They're trying to figure out how to exploit there. They've got natives that they need to interact with. They've People got trade, m- They've money got... and fortune and new lands. And it, everything becomes more exciting again. And you think about imagine if you could make a game of that. And I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah. And it, that's just one way. So that's you can use exploration at the end game. If you go back to your guy in the hut again. You could do it the other way around too. There, you could say, right, I've, okay, I've, I sorted this valley out. I've got clean water. I've got a food source. I've got turret defenses that shoot aliens that come and attack me all the way around. I've got all of this set up, and I'm nice and safe in this area. Oh, I'm bored. What's over that corner? You know, over through that cave. That's also an exploration drive, isn't it? It doesn't have if to a be. G- a- if a game could do that, it'd be so cool. Like if you could capture that moment where Tom Hank looks back at the island, he's like all emotional about it. Yeah. But like when you look back at a valley in a shitty hut that you made, and you survived <laughs> there for like you know, like weeks or something. You're like, right, time to leave. It's like you look back and like, thanks. You know, like that. Well, I don't know. I felt like wasting some time in Minecraft. <laughs> oh, TNT the building. <laughs> the problem is that you know you can come back, isn't it? I suppose, in that in that exact situation. Imagine playing a castaway game. Actually, that's well, a good think, point. Just think that's about that, very... that sentence. Imagine playing a castaway game. <laughs> that's, a, that's good on its own. <laughs> Press, Press the X to scream. <laughs> a castaway game. I can see it now. So you start on an island. You have to gather the stuff to make a raft. You sail off. You might find another island which has slightly more resources. Or maybe not. Maybe it's the same sort of island you just come from. Maybe you should play Subnautica. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what the end game of Subnautica is. <laughs> yeah. You crash on a planet and you leave the planet at the end, basically. Right. So, like, it probably doesn't instill that feeling, now I think about it, quite well in Subnautica. But does that make it a good exploration? No, yes, it is a good exploration. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's, that's more about the whole arc, isn't it? Yeah. What I was talking about more was the fact that the uh, the, the player feeling. should the player should want to explore, not because they have to. Yeah, almost like it should be like a weird player, like oh, I'm going to go have a look, you know, not like I, I have to go get iron because it's in this lower biome or something, or like in a yeah. different area. Like it should yeah. be like that. I deep... want to go look. Like, yeah. what can, how can you make a player feel that, like wanting to go have a look? I don't. I don't think you need to want. I don't think you need to mess with them like that. But I think. You need to reward them from doing that, but at the same time, you need to raise the stakes with them. I so they know that they're leaving their home for good or something, you know? Like, the more I think cool. about it, though, I think there's definitely examples of games rewarding exploration, I guess. And that have exploration, now we've talked about it, I definitely think it's there. But what game does that as well as rewarding player for doing it randomly rather than because they have to? Again, I can only think of I can only think of Skyrim. I think it's the best example, to be honest. And like I said before, I'd like to be proven wrong, or someone to give me an example of another game that's done it better. Yeah. Um, because, like, I remember again Skyrim. You know, we both we both played it. Uh, when I finished, I went. Which way did you go? Did you go west? In Macarth? Like... Did you go to Macarth first? Macarth. The one in the in the far west. Oh. The way I played it was completely random. Like but I... did you go when you came out when you 
where did you go? Which direction did you go? Oh, um, do you know what I mean? Like, I think I ran northwest. So you went to like Solstrom, whatever. Yeah, like the upwind, not winter, the other place. Yeah, Solstrom, the Imperial. Yes, yes, that place. See, what's interesting is the fact that I played it, you played it. I went to Macarth first. Mm. You went to Solstrom first. Some other people I've talked to have gone different directions. Yeah. But that's kind of that's part of exploration, I think. Yeah. That's that's the demonstration of how it's done it well. Is because you can go any of them directions, have a completely unique experience, and have fun exploring that place. And when you've done that, you know that oh, I talked to a friend who went west. Uh, sorry, I talked to a friend who went east. And there's a whole like swampy area over there, and I know a few bits about it. And you can go and then explore that too. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Skyrim is the best example I can think of exploration. No game's done it. The game that promised to do it was No Man's Sky. Yeah. No That's the game that promised to do it. Made it the core mechanic of the game. Mm. It's what holds Skyrim together and makes it like addictive. But it's not it's not the game. Yeah. It's not explore Skyrim, is it? It's just like I don't think you could write I mean maybe Subnautica sounds like it does it pretty well too. Yeah. But again, it's like, I have to go to this region because I need this type of resource, basically. And the same with, uh, with Starbound. So if you talk about Starbound for a bit, you, you have to go to these other planets with other equipment. But mainly you need to go there because you need some ore that's only found on that planet. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame because there's, there's a bit of a mistrick. Because if you look at the map of Starbound, it's like massive. There's like hundreds and thousands and maybe millions of planets on the map. Mm. But they'll be like oatmeal. Again, you know, they'll be yeah. like, oh, it's just another Terran planet or yeah. another lava planet. And, the, you know, the randomly generated villages on it and stuff. That's not exploration, is it? No. It's, it's again, it's the feeling of vastness. It doesn't need to be vast. Like, Starbound is just massive if you consider that. So is Minecraft. Minecraft is the biggest, probably, the biggest map you'll probably play in a game. Yeah. The, the map is just almost infinite. You could go in any direction. And, it, and again, that's not what makes the exploration good, is it? Yeah. People don't really just like get play Minecraft just to look around, but you know the maps. No. Yeah. Oh well, you do, but only for a short period of time, don't you? You go and like oh, You might play to look at a few like biomes or something, or look around. Yeah. But then you settle, don't you? Yeah. And then when you settle, you start building up a base, and you only go out to get other stuff from other biomes. Or yeah. The best example I can think of, we can think of, is probably Skyrim for yeah. what does exploration well. Yeah. Um. I, it's kind of annoying because I can't. I bet there's a game out there that we haven't even considered that nails exploration. Yeah, but we just haven't. Don't, like hasn't passed our minds. You know what I mean? Yeah. I tried to think as many games that did it as I could, but I haven't got a very big list. No, it's, it is Skyrim. It is definitely Skyrim. I can, I can think of myself. Just the way you see you see a little like icon for like uh, a cave or something like. Ooh, and so yeah. you Check that out, and you go in, literally have no idea what's going to be in there. Yeah, and you read the text, and you go through, and each little cave has a little story, and it's like really well made. Like that feel is just so well in it. So most Bethesda games, like Fallout Three, yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be an open world game. We only talk about open world games, don't we? Really? I mean, Far Cry is quite linear, really, isn't it? Far Cry Three, that second island, it's just thrown in. It's quite lazy. They could they could maximize the exploration value more. They could add more character to it. They can make it seem more special, more exciting. They could even hint to its existence more when you're playing through the first island. Yeah. You say, oh, the second island, that's where the pirate base is. And you go, oh, I want to go there, I want to see it. But they don't mention it at all. And you just end up there, like, oh, what is this place? I don't care. I don't want to just, just kill the guy. Come on. You get that. Cool. <laughs> I get, weirdly think about this now, but you get that in Vice City as well. Like the whole, like, oh, I, I can go to the next island. Like in all those old GTA games. <laughs> And you're like, oh, and you go there and you like drive around, you're like, whoa. So there we I go. Skyrim does fun. the best exploration and wins our official seal. The swing meter seal. <laughs> best exploration. The game. swing meter steel. Ski, ah, skeel. <laughs> the swing meter skeel. That's what it's going to be called from now on. Congratulations, Skyrim. You have won the swing prestigious skeel. The swing meter skeel award. What is a skeel? Okay, for our final and uh, final, final, final and final section. final and final section, the uh, the theme is that we basically roll <laughs> <laughs> after exploring exploration. We're gonna like theme up a theme. 
<laughs> we should have added a theme schmied. <laughs> um, this what, is the game jam part. In the game jam part, what we do is we roll for a theme, we roll for a type, and we roll for a twist on a randomly created list of stuff. Yeah. Um, we put these components together and we'll try and build a game from this. Just in make it on the, the best fly. game. Best game we can based on what we have. Okay. So <clears throat> here we go. Rolling for a theme. Four. Historical. Dots, do you want to roll us for a type of game? A visual novel. <laughs> Historical visual novel. Wow, this is so exciting. <laughs> the twist is gonna be the twist is <laughs> Make it a rhythm game. <laughs> so we have to make uh we've got a a historical themed game, which is going to be a visual novel. But the twist is, it's actually going to be a rhythm game. So, how does this work? <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Okay. <laughs> so when you say visual novel, can I just clarify what that means? So okay, so when I think of visual novel, I think of one of these games where you have characters on the screen, left and right, and then dialogue. And then every now and then you're presenting with a dialogue choice. Okay. Right, so it's just like a... Uh, dating sim game type, yeah you probably know dating sims are like that but this is uh, the visual novel is like the bigger family group that's part of and the idea is that basically it's like still frames yeah um, so animation heavy on the narrative player choice consequence they're more sort of backseat you know you don't really they're not so active as other games they're more chill out sort of follow dialogue along um, for example one I'm playing at the moment is called Solstice I can't say that quickly <laughs> Uh, so Solstice is like you go to this city that's in the north it's like post-apocalyptic and the two characters you play as one of them's got like a bit of a shadowy past you talk to it it's like a, a mystery thing you've got to solve the what's happening one of them's a doctor and they've got abilities sometimes you have a choice which is kind of, you know, like oh, the plants are dying which one do I save yeah. you save one that kills someone save <clears throat> someone that heals someone or there's like a drug and then you don't know what they're going to be used for later on, but you have to make decisions on that. So typically a visual novel that runs off the idea of a heavy narrative and a lot of emphasis on player choice. Historical theme, I'm thinking of games that are based in history. For example, um, I don't know, a lot of the shooter games are based in World War Two, World War One. Yeah, or it's pretty self-explanatory. Rome's of War, that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't have to be like 100% accurate, but it's based yeah, It's in based on history, that's just the content. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, rhythm games, you know, like... Um, Guitar Hero. Yeah, Guitar Hero, probably the best rhythm game there is. Okay, so, how do we make how do we make a, visual, a historical visual novel into a rhythm game? So I've got an idea in my head. Okay. The only thing I can think of, like, my first thought was... Medieval times was... They have, like, a lot of music in the banquet halls when they at You know, they have, like, a little... <laughs> A bunch of people playing music up on a balcony. Yeah. For some reason, in my head, when I first thought of a rhythm game, I just imagined like people like chomping down and eating, and like like in a rhythm, you have to like <laughs> dang, <laughs> dang, <laughs> dang, <laughs> like you have to like keep it going or something. Yeah, historical because there's like I don't know King Henry. Yes. There. Okay, let me expand on that. Okay, so let's add a bit more visual novel to this because at the moment it's just like a it's just like a historical rhythm game. <laughs> But <laughs> which is cool, which is cool. So we've got to add a bit of choice in there, though, eh? Because it's, it's a visual novel and choice is important in dialogue. So how about you do this, what you said, I can see it now, a dinner table at the top, and then like a dance floor, people dancing, and then you see the stuff coming towards you, and then the music is obviously the, the bards playing the medieval music. <laughs> da -da, da -da, da -da, da -da. What if, in fact, can we reverse on that? What if we just made it you played as the bards playing the music? Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, that's the kind of visual novel side is, like, you're trying to keep playing good music, otherwise King Henry or whatever's <laughs> going to chop your head off. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, think, I think we stick with the original idea because I can see that you'd be sat, for example, between your wife-to-be and then, like, maybe your uncle who's, like, a warmonger guy and then maybe, I don't know, some other person. And basically you've got to match their eating habits to get more close to them, Right. And when you're like when they when they're happy with you, when their mood is happy with you, you can uh, you start having dialogue options that come up instead of the rhythm, mm -hmm. and you've got to make a quick decision about the dialogue to get information out. I like of them. that. 
So then that just happens, and you're like, oh, and you've got to make decisions, and you've only got the time it takes for that thing to reach your dinner table before you make that decision. And so that, that, that literally in the game, you make like a choice remark to your uncle, who then gives you an army. You're like, oh, sweet. And then that unlocks an ending if you do it enough, that kind of thing. I like that. I think that could work. <laughs> so you're basically, the rhythm is plates of food coming to your table? No, it's actions. So, for example, an action could be chomp down, like eat. That's eating food on your oh, plate. Oh, okay. Another so there's like a be... weird rhythm to it. It's like yeah. drink, yeah, yeah, drink, yeah. eat, yeah, drink, drink, eat, pet dog. Like, like yes, that. exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or clap hands, you know, to yeah. the rhythm. And if you do something out of sequence with the person you're trying to get close to, they'll get, you know, they won't, their mood will go down and it will be harder to get what you need out of them. I can see it. For some reason in my head, I see a, the visual novel style of like Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> like that gritty kind of image looking style. Oh, yeah, yeah. How it looks. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. That could work. Like the um, dog and stuff. And like, yeah, I, it'd be really cool. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. the sword. Done. <laughs> Let's make the game. Done it. <laughs> so that's all we've got time for this week on Swing Meter. You can email us any suggestions or comments to swing.meter at gmail.com. Thanks for watching.